You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged and entertained. Uh, My name is Amy Johnson, and I'll be your host for the next hour for episode number 161 of the Canadians Connection podcast. I should uh, mention we're a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network and uh, a big shout out to our sponsors, DraftKings, who you'll hear from here in just a bit. But who you're going to hear from before that uh, is who I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by, and that's my co-host, who happens to be the editor-in-chief, founder, and president of Rocket Sports. That's a lot of hats to wear. Uh, That's the one and only Mr. Rick Stevens. Good morning. Yes, good morning. We're. Uh, I don't we're, like saying good morning no, to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, no offense. I no don't. No offense. Either. I don't want to say good morning to you. No, no. We're I, recording earlier uh, today because the Canadians have a matinee. Actually, two matinee games this weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, but that um, that that makes us uh, record a little bit earlier so we can get the podcast out uh, earlier to you, our listeners. So you can uh, prepare for the, uh, the the weekend's action, uh, the Canadians uh, out on the West Coast. It's really cruel. You know, we needed the extra coffee to stay up late for a 10 o'clock start and a uh-huh. 10.30 start. And then we need the extra coffee to get up extra early then on the tail end of that. I mean, come on. <laughs> Did the NHL schedule folks not take us into consideration here? Well, the nice part about the NHL schedule, uh, folks, is <laughs> they've uh, they've scheduled the Canadians early in the season against um, what's expected to be non-playoff teams. So this should be this should be uh, the easier part of the Canadian schedule uh, at the beginning of the season. It should be. It should be. <laughs> Sorry. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Halloween. As we record this tomorrow, so uh, sincerely, true. happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. May you only get full-sized candy. May you only get or give out full-sized candy bars, chocolate bars, and no candy corn. David Pasternak does not like candy corn. David Pasternak is my friend. Mm. His face, he tasted it for the first time ever. Felino, uh 
Nick Foligno gave it to him, and and his face was absolutely what, like, "What is this?" Just <laughs> kind of face. What is what? What chemical am I eating? It's disgusting. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we have a pretty fun show here for you all to listen to on this all Halloween weekend. Um, there's some tricks and treats, I could say. Uh, all right, you did that nicely. <laughs> it's early. I'm going to be a little slow It'll on get the better. <laughs> It's early. Um, we're going to talk about uh, how things went for the Canadians in, on the ice uh, over, the, over the last week. They've uh, played a few games, and we'll talk, run you through how those went. Get a little bit of an injury update, roster update. Uh, talk about the fact that the captain made an appearance, uh, which was pretty tremendous. And some other news surrounding that uh momentous occasion uh we are going to get you caught up on the prospects with a Habs prospect report Laval has played uh four times in the last week actually uh so we're going to uh get you all caught up on how things are doing down at the AHL level for the Canadians prospects an update on Ryan Paling who's been injured for the last couple of weeks uh we've also got some cue information for you as well which is which is fun uh we're gonna talk a little bit about goaltending for the montreal canadians goaltending uh and uh and uh, have a little bit of news about gila fleur as well uh and all of that is in our first segment before then we flip the switch on to segment two which is our big topic we're calling this where are they hiding you know there's uh we were promised a lot of things heading into this season and so far um, coming up short in a lot of those promises. So we're going to take a look at some some areas of the Canadians on ice product that is not delivering as advertised uh, so far and and kind of identify what areas those are and and what needs to happen in those areas uh, for the Canadians to have success moving forward. And then in our final segment, uh, we'll get you caught up on all of the great Rocket Sports content that you might have missed this past week. Uh, We've got a fun event coming up in just a couple of days that we want to make you aware of. And then we are going to get you ready for a four-game slate for the Canadians on their schedule this coming week. Uh, And uh, hopefully, hopefully, they will have... Halloween bags full of full-size candy bars and not Tootsie Rolls. All right. (laughs) So let's start uh, with looking back before we look forward. Uh, Over the past week, Canadians played three games. Uh, They hosted the Detroit Red Wings on Saturday night. This was a a big, uh, you know, it's an 0-5 skid going uh, into that game. This was a a big one. could not risk going 0-6, and miraculously, they did not. They dominated that game, uh, beating Detroit 6-1 to uh, at the Bell Center. Um, Sammy Niku and uh, Matthew Perot sparking the offense. Perot uh, getting a hat trick, the first hat trick of the season for any member of the Montreal Canadiens, but a big, pretty big deal for, for Matthew Perot to get it uh, in his home province, uh, in front of the Bell Center crowd, who were chanting his name, it was a it was a pretty 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 tremendous night for the team and their first win of the season, uh, and that all kicked off then 
the uh, start of their Western road trip. Uh, first, uh, first up on the on the uh, boxing match would be the Seattle Kraken. So the most uh, storied and oldest franchise in the NHL taking on the youngest, newest franchise who had not yet won on home ice. And I think you could say that uh, maybe they wanted it a little bit more. Anything that happened on that Saturday night game against Detroit in that victory did not carry over to this first road game. They looked completely out of sync, not creating scoring chances, and the Kraken were happy to beat them 5-1 uh, to one that night. Um, but then... Uh, the Canadians moved along into the start of the California arm of the road trip, playing the San Jose Sharks uh, on Thursday night, who, if you recall, uh, the Sharks visited the Bell Center just a couple of weeks ago and put a big hurting on the Canadians. Well, uh, the Habs were having none of it this time around. Uh, and despite having not won in San Jose in 22 years since 1999. The Canadians pull out a 4 nothing shutout against the Sharks. So, Rick, three games. They went 2-1 and one in the three games this week. They did. Uh, so, the Canadians have won uh, two of their past three uh, games. That's uh, that's positive. A bit up and down uh, week, though. And... and uh, uh, the consistency is um, is going to be an issue, uh, and and the Canadians have yet to play well for uh, two games in a row this season, and 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 that's going into uh, the game against Los Angeles this afternoon. So we'll see what what happens there. But um, you know, Jake Allen not very good in Seattle. Jake Allen very good um, against San Jose. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he is well. Um, looks to to uh, improve his consistency and and uh, the Canadians off to a, a tough start. And particularly when you look at uh, the the teams above them and uh, and and in the Metro. Uh, it's going to be a tough slogging as we go along. So I, I think uh, for now, anyway, um, we're not going to be thinking about playoffs or or looking to playoff uh, opportunities. We'll just uh, celebrate the the individual uh, accomplishments uh, as as uh, the games go along. That's right. Currently, with a two six and zero record, the Canadians are not considering a playoff run at the moment. They've got more important things, short term, to consider. Um, as far as the roster goes, um, Jake Evans has been day to day, Rick, and and it's not. It's a little weird um, because it's not like they've come out and said, "Oh, he's day to day with a lower body injury, upper body injury." He's taken on the past two game days, Ducharme has specifically said when Jake Evans wasn't present for for morning skate, has specifically said Jake Evans is taking a therapy day today and will not be in the lineup tonight. So he's missed two games, but they've only said that he's taking therapy days. They're not actually talking about an injury per se. Is that a little weird to you? It is a little odd because uh, typically um, therapy days are are just uh, you know it's the, the the season's long and and there are days where uh, a player is uh, away from practice uh, 
um, you know, to to uh, to get some therapy, um, and and uh, you know that's that's not in any way injury related. Uh, but in this case, Don Ducharme said it's it's uh, he acknowledged that it was a minor injury that that Evans was dealing with, no big deal. Uh, but then you know, call it a upper lower. Body yeah, injury, like whatever it is. Uh, stop the, calling it a therapy day. Yeah, the therapy day doesn't really fit uh, the situation. Uh, and it's unfortunate because, you know, Evans had had struggled a little uh, at the beginning of the season in that lots of expectations for him in that uh, third line slot, uh, center slot, uh, had found some uh, comfort uh, playing with uh, Arturi Lekin and, and Yol Armia on the fourth line. They um, you know, had some carryover uh, chemistry from last season and, and we're looking good. And uh, for the past two games, it's been Cedric Paquette on the fourth line uh, with Armia and uh, Lekkonen. Yeah. So hopefully uh, Jake Evans really is just dealing with something minor and hopefully he'll be back in the lineup soon. Um, Joel Edmondson, we, uh, we mentioned last week that it, uh, you know, us, had been working to get back into the lineup from his injury, but then suddenly uh, needed to take some personal time uh, to go be with his ailing uh, father who is, who is battling uh, cancer. Uh, And so he was out for a, 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 an undetermined amount of time as it, as it was presented to us by Mark Bergevin. Uh, however, you could consider him day-to-day as well. He has now returned to Montreal from Manitoba. He's back on the ice in Broussard rehabbing, getting back into, into uh, game condition and so forth, and is expected to be ready to rejoin the team once they come back from this road trip. So fingers crossed, maybe uh, they get some support on the back end, and Joel Edmondson hopefully will be on the roster soon. Uh, speaking of support from the defense, uh, no other bigger missing piece of the puzzle on the Canadians' blue line than their captain, Shea Weber. Um, but this road trip uh, certainly provided them a, a bit of a boost, not just for the defensive core, but for the team as a whole. Uh, in traveling to Seattle for the first game of this road trip, uh, not too far for uh, Shea Weber to take a short flight and come to visit his team, who he hasn't seen in person uh, this season. And so really fun uh, to get to see. Uh, there were pictures uh, that came out, uh, the Shea and, and, and the team all together in a rainy Seattle on uh, Monday night, taking in the Seattle Seahawks Monday night football game together uh, out at the stadium, which uh, probably was a tremendous bonding time for all of them. They look like they were having a good time. Um, And when Nick Suzuki was asked about, you know, what I know, Rick, we talked about this a little bit on the press zone earlier this week, that not only is it, you know, it's, it's a big deal for, for the team to get to see their captain, um, you know, it's it's an, it's uplifting to get to see this guy who who commands so much respect and admiration in the locker room. Uh, but also it's a big it's got to be a big boost for Shea Weber's morale as well. You know, he's he's home with his family. He's not with the team. Uh, you know, he's he's trying to, to get healthy and heal himself again after after, you know, a very long playoff run. So I think 
both sides of the coin definitely benefited from this visit. And when Nick Suzuki was asked about it, uh, first, he just talked personally about um, what it meant to him to get to see his captain. Yeah, it was good. Um, got to meet up with him uh, before the football game yesterday. So uh, great catching up. Uh, had breakfast with him this morning. So uh, just catching up. Haven't seen him in a little bit. And, uh, it's great to see him again. At this point. It's... Um yeah, I mean, it, it's got to be really tough for Shea Weber uh, watching uh, his his team uh, and knowing that he could, if he was in the lineup, uh, be making a difference. Um, mm-hmm. And it's got to be very difficult to, to be away from them. So uh, this was an opportunity with them being in Seattle. Uh, he has two short flights to get there um, from his home and... and um, so as you said, spent, uh, the, the, the Monday night with them, uh, into Tuesday morning as Nick, as Nick Suzuki said, uh, breakfast and, uh, being around the guys. Uh, and then we saw him in, in the, uh, stands watching the, the game day skate with Mark Bergevin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was, uh, there for, uh, their game. Uh, on the Tuesday night as well, so um, really nice for him to to be there and uh, f- and for the the guys uh, who um, yeah who who uh, relied on him through uh, last year's playoff run uh, to get reacquainted. Absolutely, but there's even an additional aspect to it. Um, there's a lot of new faces on this Canadians roster. Um, and so for many of them, they've not even gotten the opportunity to meet their captain in person. Uh, and Shea Weber is is such an icon around the league. Um, Nick Suzuki kind of continued and talked about the fact that it was it was a big deal for the whole team. And particularly uh, guys who are new to that dressing room, uh, actually pretty excited to get to finally meet the great Shea Weber. Yeah, uh, he obviously... Brings of uh, a lot of energy. Uh, guys are loving seeing him, and, and the new guys really wanted to meet him too. So um, he's kind of a legend around the NHL over the past 15 years. So um, yeah, it's uh, great to have him back with us. Uh, the the uh, I, I don't think that that fans um, genuinely appreciate uh, how uh, Shea Weber is seen around the league. Uh, as one of the best, if not the very best, captain and leader um, in the NHL and has been for a number of years. Um, and that the impact that, that he can have on a team. Um, the, the Canadians, um, before he arrived, when that trade happened, the, the monumental trade with Nashville to bring him here, the Canadians were described by many as, as uh, soulless. Um, and, um, and, and Shea Weber brought something to the team, brought, uh, brought an identity, brought a presence on the ice. Um, and, and you look at last year's playoffs and, and even, you know, the Canadians were obviously, they, maybe they were in over their heads throughout the playoffs and it was Carey Price, uh, that, that, that carried them on to the, the final. Uh, but you think about, um, that series against Tampa and, and maybe they're way over their heads in that. Um, but the, the game that, um, that the Canadians won game four, um, Shea Weber, um, he targeted Braden Point and two massive hits, um, on, 
on Braden Point, one of the top players uh, for for Tampa, and it sent a message both to to the Tampa bench, to the Lightning bench, um, and to his own team, um, and 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 in that way had a. Uh, you know, you know, come on, join me. Here we go. We're, we're going to, we can do this. Uh, despite the fact that, that we're outgunned here, uh, we can do this. And, and, uh, just those kinds of, of messages that he would send to his, his team and the opposition. Um, and, and obviously, um, uh, Suzuki recognized that and, and talked about how the new players, uh, were anxious to meet him as well. Absolutely, um, and and so naturally, it was a it was a topic of conversation uh, amongst reporters uh, to to everyone that they interviewed uh, after morning skate on Tuesday. Um, you know, it was a it was a big deal. Shea Weber is larger than life, um, and for him to not be with the team this year is uh, was a was a big part of of having to kind of try to restructure things in the back end and the leadership and it has plenty of ramifications and and of course the team getting to see him when they live literally on off you know they're they on day-to-day basis they live literally on opposite sides of the continent um so it's it was a big deal uh, but <laughs> amazingly not everyone um was quite as as gracious or respectful in their replies to the media as Nick Suzuki, um, which is I will use the word unfortunate once again. You know, it's it's this is one of those kind of human being things that's kind of common sense, and in the world of professional sports, sort of an unspoken agreement or mandate that you don't talk about anyone else's personal situation information any anything like that in front of the media unless something unless that person or the organization has made an official statement about something other than otherwise um talking about making any references to alluding to any of it uh anything that's related to someone else personally is off limits and apparently jonathan Drouin didn't get that memo um because when he was then asked, like Nick Suzuki was, like others were, when he was asked um, a couple of questions about, you know, what it meant to have Shea Weber uh, visiting and and getting to to hang out and getting to see the captain, and uh, you know, Shea came to say hi in the locker room and those kinds of things. Uh, Jonathan Tran's response, um, in in my opinion, pretty flippant. Yeah, but he's, he's obviously not back in the locker room getting dressed with us. I think you guys are making a, a big, big story out of this. He's just Webby coming, coming to see us and say hi to the guys. And, um, you know, he's not giving us speeches or giving us what's going on with with our team right now. He wasn't there for the first couple of games, so it's hard for him to feel that, what, what's, what we went through and what, what's going on. So um, I think you guys are making this very big. That's it's just Webby coming to see the guys. Um, it's... It- for one, it's it's completely discordant with what everyone else said uh, about Shea Weber's return. Yep. Um, and he went on. There's another quote, and we'll get to that in a second. But but focusing on this for a minute, um, it's it it's certainly Jonathan Duran is going out of his way to minimize um, the impact of Shea Weber's return, and and um, his his words are bitter. Um, mm-hmm. it's, um, 
it's when Weber returns, of, of course, um, it's a big deal. Of course, it's the captain. Of course, it's a big deal. And, and he's um, way offside with everybody else on the team saying that uh, it's the media that are, are making a big story of this. Um, he talked about, uh, you know, uh, he's, he's, he's just Webby. He's not, he didn't say he's our captain. He didn't say, um, you know, he, it's, it's inspiration. In fact, he went out of his way to say, um, you know, he doesn't, he's not going to give us speeches. He's not going to give us advice. Uh, Shay can't possibly know what we're going through because he wasn't here. And that particularly just, um, mm. uh, is, is, uh, just a punch in the gut um, because it was Jonathan Drouin who left his team at the end of April. Uh, then they went on uh, to finish the regular season and to have an amazing run. And I can't imagine anyone in the media, uh, or certainly not, um, certainly not one of one of his teammates, saying, "Listen, uh, Drouin can't possibly understand what we went through in the, our Stanley Cup run because right. he wasn't here." So please don't include. You know, it's it's cruel. It's mean. It's it's it is. it's bitter. Um, and, and it's, it just shows, uh, I don't know. I, he, again, I'll, I'll, I'll let you respond to this, but, but, uh, there's, there's a certain lack of self-awareness too, that, that, uh, comes into play in his, in his next comment. But, um, I'll, I'll let you speak to this first. Well, it's, you know, we, uh, because this happened on Tuesday afternoon, right before we recorded the press on, we did talk a little bit about, about it there as well. And my, my comment, what, what came to mind immediately was let's, let's reverse roles, kind of like what you just said, let's reverse roles. And what if, how would Jonathan Duran or, or anyone else, fans, anyone feel if when, Druan made his first kind of public appearance um, back at the end of the summer at Dom Ducharme's charity golf tournament. How would he have felt? How would fans have felt? How would the media have responded if one of his teammates had said when asked, you know, oh, it, what was it like? You know, Jonathan Druan was here with you today. You know, was it a big deal? You know, how did that feel? Was it? What what if one of them had said, "You guys are really making a big story out of out of nothing. It's it's just Joe coming to play a charity tournament with us. It's not a big deal." And he's not really part of the team because he wasn't with us. Because he wasn't really with us. So you know, you're making a bigger story out of this than it needs to be. How would? Can you imagine? Montreal would have melted down, and Jonathan Drouin would have probably been pretty offended by that. And his feelings would have been hurt. So I'm not sure why it makes it okay for him to turn around and and minimize and diminish what it might mean to the captain and the rest of the team. It obviously doesn't mean a whole hill of beans to Jonathan Duran. But for him to publicly minimize and, and trivialize a visit with the captain for the first time this season... Um, in in a locker room that is probably pretty hard on itself right now and maybe needs a bit of an uplift, I thought was um, selfish. I thought it was completely out of touch and I thought it was completely inappropriate. 
And then, well, and then his inappropriateness just, and then he just jumped off the cliff of inappropriateness. From inappropriate to irresponsible. And, and the, the irresponsible comment was saying that, uh, listen, Weber's not even part of, he's left hockey. He's not even part of, of, uh, the team. He's, he's retired. Um, and you know, the retired comment has lots of implications uh, to the to the Mont- to, to Shea Weber, to the Montreal Canadiens, to the Nashville Predators, to the NHL. That was self-centered and irresponsible by Duran, um, and so much so that immediately uh, the Montreal Canadiens had to jump in. Paul Wilson released a statement saying, "No, uh, that's false." Uh, that uh, he is not he retired. Is not retired. <laughs> There's no paperwork. There's nothing. Um, it's it's status quo. He's still um, on LTIR. <laughs> yeah, that was that was um, and and listen. Uh, regardless of of what we believe, yes, Mark Bergevin said that it would be a long shot for him to return again. But anything beyond that, anything beyond that, is Shea Weber's news. To reveal and and Jonathan Drouin, yes, he, there was a number of events in the in the preseason, and um, Drouin even put out statements. Uh, his his agent put out statements saying, "No, he won't be speaking. No, he won't be speaking. There'll be no comment um, about his 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 return." And then he arranged, or uh, it was arranged, so that he could reveal. Uh, at his choosing, uh, on his own terms, on his own terms, uh, and within his own parameters. Really, uh, when you when you look at the, those uh, very short ten minute um, uh, press conferences he did with RDS and CD uh, and TVI, he said very little. He didn't describe what he went through or or his approach or his uh, counseling or or anything uh but he made that decision about what was revealed and what was not revealed yet he removed that he took all of that away completely from shea weber in just dumping this out irresponsibly in the media uh one of the most selfish things i've ever hockey's a team sport and and these guys are are uh very much support each other this was one of the most selfish things i've ever seen in hockey I'll use the same analogy that we've been going along with. Um, Jonathan Duran's extended absence during the, during well, his sudden departure from the team and then lengthy ap- absence at the end of the regular season and into the playoffs, of course, generated a lot of speculation in the media amongst fans as to what was going on. And there was, you know, oh, it could be this, it could be that, I bet it's this, I bet it's that. Uh, for them to not be talking about it, it's probably this. Uh, it's likely this, it's likely that. Lots of speculation, nothing said from from Droan or his camp or from the organization. So would it have been appropriate for anyone on the team, one of his teammates, I don't know, towards the end, you know, while they're in the playoffs at some point, if someone said, you know, are you guys missing Jonathan Duran or something to that effect? If If one of them had said, listen, we all know that Joe is dealing with some mental illness issues and he's 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 working on on getting better and we know that he's not going to be here for the for the rest of the playoffs so we should just, you know, stop talking about it. That would have gone over like a lead balloon. And it would have been 
appropriately inappropriate and out of line for someone to say something like that. Um, and so, again, we come back to I don't know why Jonathan Duran thought that either of these two statements that he made was appropriate, was his place. Um, it's it leaves me feeling it, it leaves me with a really bad taste in my mouth, uh, feeling like he just kind of wants to make everything about him and he wants to be the story around everything. Um, you know, this was not this was not a story about Jonathan Duran this week. It was a story about Shea Weber until Jonathan Duran made the story about him. Um, and it's just it's it's not I, I, I'm sorry. And and how, however well he's liked in the locker room by some or all of his teammates is to me irrelevant. This was inappropriate. And I certainly hope I certainly hope someone at least one person, even if it was someone in the leadership team, pulled him inside and said, that doesn't happen again. It's, um, it's something that um, in, in counseling, um, you focus on introspection. And um, it, it's something one, you, you, you expect would have been learned uh, to be more self-aware and, and, um, this coming when it did from the person it did was um, was really un unfortunate because it was it was such a happy event it was such a a positive event um, for for the the team and uh, for it to be turned on its head uh, was 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 really awful um, and. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it it was a black mark on on what could have been a, a you know a really feel good story. Absolutely, definitely. Um. All right. Well, we will leave that there for now. Um. And let's uh, let's turn an eye to the youth in the organization with a bit of a Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL Report. Your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. The Laval Rocket, of course, uh, well on their way in their season. They've uh, now played seven games, uh, boasting a 4-3 and three record uh, so far. Uh, they did play four times since last week's show. Uh, they actually uh, started with a, a shutout in Providence against the Providence Bruins. It was a, it was Their weekend consisted of two games stateside, which is the first time that they've traveled south of the border since before the pandemic. So this was a pretty big deal for them. Uh, so Michael McNiven in net for uh, a shutout against the Providence Bruins on Saturday night. And then Sunday afternoon, it was Caden Primo in net when Laval was blanked by the Bridgeport Islanders. Uh, the third and final goal uh, scored by former Laval Rocket, St. John's Ice Caps, uh, AHL All-Star forward Chris Terry. Uh, so that was a 3 to nothing loss on Sunday. Then on Wednesday, uh, back on the homestand for this week, Laval welcomed the Toronto Marlies into the building for the first time in the regular season. They did face them in the preseason, but for the first time in the regular season. Um, Primo turned things around that night, got his first shutout of the season, the second shutout for the team. 
uh, when Laval beat the Marlies five to nothing uh, in qu- <laughs> quite a feisty affair. More than 200 combined penalty minutes for both teams. Uh, there were a couple of suspensions that came out of that game uh, and more game misconducts than I can count on one hand. It was quite uh, quite a <laughs> quite a Astrophy, to say the least. Uh, and then uh, last night on Friday, the, the first of a back-to-back against the Rochester Americans, uh, where uh, Primo was in net for the third consecutive game um, and dropped that one 4-3 to three, uh, versus Aaron Dell at the other end. Uh, Rick, quite frankly, Laval looked... Um, consistently inconsistent last night. They had some moments where they looked pretty strong, but aside from that, then there was plenty of sloppiness. Um, again, they're taking way too many penalties every single game. They had five penalties last night. Um, I, you had even mentioned, uh, cause I believe you watched the game as well, that you would even mention the passing looked horrible, um, There were some goals that Primo probably would have liked back. Some completely, he's just either screened or or beaten clean, but but not all of them. Um, So it's been a bit of an up and down uh, in in their, in the four games that they've played in this past week, they're two and two. Um, But it's not been pretty. Yeah, I I think um, certainly from the first period, you mentioned sloppy. It it was sloppy and and they had difficulty Attacking as a cohesive unit, passes were erratic. They were all over the place, um, and uh, and and they didn't look great. They had periods in the second period where they where they dominated. There was one stretch in the second period. Shots were ten to two for the Rocket. Uh, unfortunately, the Rocket didn't score with their ten shots. Rochester scored twice on on mm-hmm. both of their shots. Caden Primo did not look good. Um, I, I know. Yes, there was uh, traffic and whatnot, but uh, he's a big goaltender. He's making himself look pretty small. Uh, rather than peering over or around the, the screens, he's uh, getting down and looking under, and they're beating him high. Many of the goals last night, too many of them were uh, from distance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and I mean, it wasn't just last night. Throughout, he's, he's had trouble tracking the puck. It's gone from, you know, good efforts to um, questionable efforts. Uh, he And again, it's just uh, uh, repeating the call for him to get uh, lots and lots of action. I know that, that Canadians fans are, um, you know, uh, Jake Allen, up until his shutout, was, has been struggling this year. And I know there are calls uh, to, to bring up Caden Primo, but please just no. leave him right where he is. He... He, it's not going to do him or the organization any favors by bringing him up. The only other thing I'll say is you had mentioned the penalties. Uh, my goodness. Uh, the, the, Wednesday night's game. The, well, um, when you look at uh, the penalty minutes, it's only uh, seven. The, the, the uh, uh, Laval Rocket have only played seven games. They have 160 penalty minutes. That's second in the league. 
the Marlies and uh, who are at 177, the Marlies and the Rocket are way, way ahead of, mm-hmm. of and, and nobody else has even uh, registered 100 penalty minutes yet. Um, and you look at, you know, a, a, a team like the Chicago Wolves, who perennially are a, a very good team in the, the AHL. They're 4-1 this year. They have 36 minutes in penalties. The Rocket, as I said, 160 minutes in penalties. Uh, I was talking about this with Chris G last night. Chris said uh, that the Rocket have given up the most uh, penalty kill uh, opportunities in the league. Mm-hmm. That's that's not healthy. That's... Mm-mm. Um, that's, that's not, uh, anything to be proud of. So they need to clean up the discipline for sure. And, uh, and, and, and look a bit tighter as, as, uh, as they're making their zone entries. Um, but it's early and, uh, and, and we'll see how, how that evolves. And, and some will say, well, okay. So you say that Primo started three times, has started three times in a row, uh, this week. So, so you're saying he needs the ice time. He needs the experience. So that's good. Well, he's so, uh, uh, he went one and two, uh, in, in his, in his games this week. And this is also, we should mention, um, the first time that JF Ull has, deviated from his season starting plan of, of really alternating the goaltenders. Um, we're going to invite you to, to go and listen to this, this week's, uh, the Presto in Montreal that came out on Tuesday, where we talk about this in depth, uh, because there is a chance that it's a little bit of retribution for some comments that Michael McNiven made publicly, uh, to, um, RDS this week about his usage, not only this year, but in past years, uh, claims that he's made of, um, not being taken out of a game early in the season uh, when he was physically not not feeling right, uh, not being taken out of a game quickly enough. Um, so did J.F. Uhl deviate from the alternation uh, of his goaltenders because of that? Well, we'll never know that for sure, but you can certainly speculate about it that suddenly then Primo got three back-to-back-to-back starts, and likely Michael McNiven will start today's game at 1 p.m., and he'll likely face Ukopeka Lukanen at the other end of the net. So um, go back, take a listen to the Press Zone Montreal uh, from this past Tuesday. Uh, You can find it at thepresszone.fm. That is the podcast that uh, is over on our ahlreport.com website that Rick and myself host every Tuesday, where we talk about nothing but the Montreal Canadiens prospects and go in depth about the Laval Rocket and other Habs prospects. So check that out. And uh, you'll also hear the full backstory on what occurred with Michael McNiven this week. Um, Should mention that Ryan Paling did return to game action. in last night's game against Rochester, putting up two assists on the night, by the way, um, and uh, looked uh, looked pretty decent on a team that was was a little discombobulated. Looked pretty decent, so we'll see if he can continue uh, that upward tra- trajectory now that he's back in the lineup and looking healthy again. And named the third star last night. Yes, uh, it was uh, two Rochester. Uh, Players had the first and second star, Ryan Paling with the third star with those two assists. So so good, good on him. Um, but outside the AHL, there's also some Habs prospects that are making a splash, Rick. Uh, if uh, 
you uh, brought this to our attention. Uh, currently in the QMJHL, there's a, a list of the top 10 scorers in the queue right now. And um, three of the 10, is it three? Three of the 10 are Habs prospects. Yeah. Um, scoring leaders for the queue and uh, uh, of the top 10, number four, number five, and number nine are Canadians prospects. They are um, in fourth, uh, 17 points in 12 games is Riley Kidney, uh, Joshua Waugh. In fifth place, also 17 points, and Xavier Simoneau in ninth place uh, with 16 points. So uh, Canadians prospects performing uh, quite well mm-hmm. um, in the queue um, and on the offensive side, which is which is good to see uh, for a club that uh, has struggled to produce offense so far. Um, and it, I thought it was interesting that, that Riley Kidney was, uh, uh, interviewed by phone, um, uh, by TVR this week. And he talked about his experience at the, at his very first, uh, um, uh, rookie camp. And, um, and, and then, uh, you know, he, he, he was not invited to the the seventy player uh, main camp, and he said he took that as a bit of a uh, a wake up call, a bit of a slap in the face that no one's ever, you know, he's always been successful. No one's ever said no to him uh, with respect to <laughs> with respect to hockey, um, and he he took that as a bit of a challenge. Um, he was, uh, of course, a second-round pick by the Canadians in in the most recent draft, and and so he headed back to Bathurst with uh, with a mission uh, mm-hmm. to be one of the best players in uh, uh, the the queue, and and looks like he's succeeding so far. Um, but he talked about how how guys are are bigger and stronger and faster, and he did wasn't really. Uh, playing his game uh, in those uh, in in the rookie uh, games that that he played, um, and it just gave it was an eye opening experience for him and the kinds of things that he needs to improve to get stronger, to get tougher on the puck, to be able to battle. Um, and his head coach uh, in in Bathurst for the detail, Mario Durocher, said uh, um, Riley's big mistake. Last year, uh, during the playoffs, he showed me what he was capable of uh, when I doubted him. Um, he he worked hard. He played physical. He won one-on-one battles. All of this he saw in, in last year's playoffs, and now he expects no less. And that's, that's a good thing uh, for him. Um, his head coach also spoke uh, in his communications with the Canadians, uh, they said uh, they were very impressed at Kidney's defensive game. Uh, he's oh, known hallelujah. as a, he's known <laughs> as a scorer, but uh, they were pleased at the progress that he's making on the defensive side. So, um, yeah, uh, the quote is: uh, the Canadians told me his defensive play was a one. Um, however, this is not how it, this is not. This is needed at the NHL level, but that, that's not how he'll get there. No. Um, that he needs to be one of the top scorers in uh, the queue and uh, and what he brings to the the uh, the offense. So uh, lots of positive words there, and and uh, and and great news uh, to see all three in the top ten. Well, and it's 
you know, it's funny. This is this is the tried and true um, young prospects as they move up from league to league uh, in their journey to go pro. Um, and we always talk about how confidence is a, is a big factor for young prospects as they go from drafty to junior or NCAA and then jump into the pro ranks at the AHL level, then the NHL level. And it's when they it's when they're looking to then go make that jump to pro um, that a lot of them struggle because the game changes exponentially. Um, and there's call-ups and send-downs. And, and basically, it boils down to each one of them, when they make it pro, each one of them is accustomed to coming from places in midget, in high school, in junior, where they were one of, if not the best player on their team, night after night after night. And now suddenly, they're all that player. And so it necessarily means that some of them are going to struggle. Not everybody can be the best player anymore. And and it's so for him to realize that, that wait a minute, like I've, I've always excelled at hockey and I didn't get invited to training camp. Like what the heck? I'm not used to that. Well, that's welcome to trying to make it pro. Um, and that's maybe that's a good wake up call to have at that stage before he's ready to go pro uh, that, you got to put in the work because suddenly at the next level, you're not going to be the shining star all by yourself anymore. Uh, so good on him on having a good attitude and, and taking it as a challenge and trying to uh, prove them wrong, as, as some say. And it looks like he's doing that. So we would invite you, of course, uh, once again, uh, head over to the AHL Report. That's ahlreport.com. You'll get full Laval Rocket game recaps there, uh, as well as um, other news and the Press Zone Montreal podcast. Uh, so be sure you check that out, and we will keep you up to date and apprised on all things Canadians prospects. Uh, Rick, let's just talk for a minute uh, about really what's becoming a, a glaring identity thing for the Montreal Canadiens, and that's their goaltending. Um, you know, it's it's one thing when we've known for, for all of these years that Carey Price is kind of the Montreal Canadiens right now. He's the franchise name, franchise face, um, but it's not only because he's just this masterful, one of the best, if not the best goaltender in the world status. Um, but really many, many, can I say most? I'll say many just to be fair. Um, of the successes that the franchise has had during Mark Bergevin's tenure has been on the back of Carey Price. Yeah, I, I think it's um, the, the success has been delivered by Carey Price during the, the, the Mark Bergevin tenure. Mark Bergevin was, um, let's say, gifted uh, Carey Price, uh, not his acquisition, uh, but he has then built his, uh, uh, his the success of, of, of his franchise uh, on Carey Price. And you look, whenever it was, um, the, the, their 
going to the conference finals in uh, the 2014 season. Um, e- even more recently, the the uh, the bubble playoff. There's no way that they're getting past the Pittsburgh Penguins without Carey Price, and that was enormous upset for the Canadians who who had no business being in that uh, that play that playoff round, moving from the play in round to the playoff round. Um, and then, uh, obviously, uh, getting to within three games of uh, a Stanley Cup was uh, after uh, an 18th place finish uh, was was all due to Carey Price. So he has been the one who has uh, brought that, and and the Canadians through Mark Bergevin's tenure, and and you know we we can go back further. Uh, the Canadians' identity has been goaltending. And uh, it's something, it's been going on so long that it's just kind of taken for granted and and probably unappreciated. Uh, But you, coming from uh, (laughs) one of of your other hats, is uh, uh, covering the the Philadelphia Flyers. And for uh, a franchise who has been searching uh, for a goaltender for years and years and years from, you know, Back to Bernie Perron or Pelly Ecklander, uh, they they've 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 been searching for it for so long. It isn't to be taken for granted, uh, but that is that has become the identity of the Montreal Canadiens. You're you're right on on many fronts there. Uh, and yes, if there's one thing that being a, a a follower, whether you're a fan or or covering the Philadelphia Flyers, that is is difficult. It's the constant focus on goaltending and how difficult it has been for them to find a a, a lengthy, long-term, high-caliber goaltender like they had in the past. Um, They're hoping Carter Hart's going to be it. That's still to be determined. Um, What it brings for my perspective of this is, yes, absolutely, hands down, Carey Price is the success of, of... the, the Montreal Canadiens completely rides on Carey Price's success and Carey Price's uh, ability to stay healthy. What is concerning for me is that, you know, there was a season a couple of, of years ago where Carey was out for a good portion of the season. It was one of the worst seasons that the Canadians had in recent years. Uh, and now we're seeing with Carey Price not uh, available to start this season. We're seeing another pretty horrific uh, start to the season for the Canadians. Um, and over the course of Mark Bergevin's tenure, if you look at Carey Price and who he has been in tandem with and the goaltending prospects in the pipeline for this organization, what what the, the specialness of having Carey Price brings to the franchise for me also shines a glaring spotlight on the fact that goaltending I'm not I don't want to say is an organizational weakness but I will say it's an area of concern for me because outside of number 31 the Canadians have year after year after year after year struggled to either properly develop their draft and develop their goaltending prospects We've seen Fukali go by the wayside. He's excelling with another organization right now. We've seen Charlie Lindgren go by the wayside. We've we've there's now an issue going on with Michael McNiven. Caden Primo needs uh, plenty of time. He's been a little I don't want to say mishandled, but he's been a little rushed 
early and it's showing that that's not the way to go. So they're struggling to develop their goaltending prospects in-house and they're also struggling to sign and or trade for competent veteran goaltenders who can back up Carey Price. How many has he gone? Th- how many have they gone through in the last six, seven, eight years? I mean, Keith Kincaid was a disaster. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a whole litany of them. And so, Rick, I really I agree with you that the Canadians' identity is cen- centered around goaltending. And for me, the the secondary part of that is that they better get their act together in terms of shoring up the depth of goaltending in the organization before Carey's, you know, later stages of his career creep up on them really quickly. And, um, you know, with, with Carey Price um, and, and being uh, such uh, uh, the, the driver of, of success, the primary driver of success, it's allowed um, Carey to cover up the, the uh, inadequacies of uh, the other parts of the game. And we've seen those on display, um, you know, night after night after night as this new season has has opened, that there's all kinds of problems and holes uh, with the Canadians that the Carey Price was able to cover up. And, and Jake Allen with, listen, uh, the fans have a lot of time for, for Jake Allen. Jake Allen is one of those nice guys in hockey. Most are, but especially a nice guy in hockey. Um, he's, he's, uh, says the right things. Uh, he acknowledges his, uh, role is one of a backup, uh, to carry price. He, he's just, uh, he has the ideal temperament for that kind of role. And, but, but, Jake Allen, who once was was a number one goaltender in the NHL, um, you know, we saw him when he was asked to be the number one goaltender uh, the last month or so of the season. Uh, last season, um, it, it was it was rough. It was really rough, um, and uh, he went seven and twenty or something uh, at, to close out the season. This year, he's he's not looked good. He's not looked good right from the preseason. He was shaky throughout, um, and he's he's uh, he's he's struggled uh, to begin the season. So, when he puts on a performance uh, like he did on Thursday night, uh, forty-five save uh, performance. Um, you realize that 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 speaks more about uh, the team. You know, is that what's needed? Um, a forty-five save performance, um, because Jake Allen just well, Carey Price can do that consistently, uh, but but Jake Allen cannot not at this stage in his career. Before uh, going into that game, in the first six starts uh, of. The regular season, uh, his goals saved above average, which is a key statistic with respect to to goaltenders. Um, was he placed him fifty sixth out of sixty goaltenders? Uh, so that's all the 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 starters and backups, uh, sixty goaltenders that are measured. Uh, Jake Allen was was at the bottom of that list uh, to begin the season. So what he did uh, in his forty five save shutout, the first save, uh, first shutout in a Canadian's jersey was extraordinary for Jake Allen. But Jake Allen can't do that on a night to night basis. He just he's just not there Mm-mm. anymore. And and um, 
while it's positive to say that the, the, the Canadian's identity is goaltending, the other part of that is that um, there hasn't been enough work done to uh, develop the other aspects of, of the Canadian's game. That's correct. Uh, now, one thing that we have seen different uh, in this short start of the season is with new goaltending coach Eric Raymond on on staff, there is a new routine for the starting goaltender uh, at practice on the day before game day. They are no longer in the net taking shots from their teammates and part of the, the regular practice drills and so forth. Um, those starting goaltender, whoever the starting goaltender is, is off separately with Eric Raymond working on technical details on, on, on their own drills and prepping for the game they're about to play the next day. Rick, you had mentioned that this is something that Carey Price has been asking for for a little while now. That's right. And this goes back to last season. And Carey Price has, has um, if, if you've been to a practice, um, you know that, that the practice is set up uh, to work on drills, uh, things that, that the, the skaters need, whether it's de- defensive zone coverage, whether it's special teams, uh, whether it's breakouts, uh, the head coach has in mind, I need the skaters to do this. And the goalies are just there as backstops because they need, um, the shooters need resistance. Um, but there's nothing in the, the, uh, the, the drill doesn't happen um, with the head coach thinking, oh, gee, I, I need to help m- out my, my goaltenders to work on puck handling today in, in, our, uh, in our practice. It just doesn't happen. Uh, so Carey Price wanted to the game, the, the the practice before game day, wanted to work on some technical things uh, with a goalie coach, and that has finally uh, happened with uh, brand new goalie coach Eric uh, Raymond, and uh, and he, it's something that he uh, did in his uh, experience in in junior hockey, um, and so those goaltender the 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 starting goaltender is pulled aside. Uh, they work individually, and and uh, you know that that kind of happened uh, to a lesser extent where uh, the goaltender who was starting would get on the ice like 15 minutes before, and they'd have a, a short session. Well, this this way, it's it's uh, um, uh, focused. Uh, they're by themselves. They they're able to work on what's needed to be worked on, and um, the the issue is though that that. To do that, that requires a um, a third goaltender because you need a goaltender in each net during during mm-hmm. the the practice. So, Carol Saint Laurent, who uh, has acted as as the Canadians' um, uh, emergency goaltender in the past, has been called in on those occasions uh, when they're at home. He has another career; he's in in finance, uh, but he comes in on those occasions uh, to look after that, look after the net to allow Eric Raymond to work with uh, with the starting goaltender. Absolutely. And and when Jake Allen did put up that shutout uh, against the Sharks, of course, Dominic Ducharme was asked uh, about his reaction to Jake Allen's performance and, and what he does as a goaltender. And in fact, this new, this new methodology that uh, is going on in, in practices did come up with the head coach. And you know when when he sits down and he watch he watches video with with Eric, you know he's he's really uh, open and really uh, 
you know, looking forward to to uh, build this game and you know, uh, work on little details that can be making the difference. And I know they worked a lot on screenshots and deflection and things like that. So we, we just talked about uh, Caden Primo having some difficulty with respect to uh, screens. And, and this uh, Jake Allen at the beginning of the season was having difficulty with, with that as well. Uh, screenshots, deflections in front. And so this is something that uh, Eric could, could work with Jake on. Um, specifically in um, in their own uh, session, rather than just having um, um, uh, Jake Allen there as a goaltender, uh, as an accessory for uh, the, the the regular practice. Absolutely, uh, it's I, I like to see that at, at least uh, there's there's some attention being paid to the fact that that goaltenders need different things uh, sometimes. Mm -hmm. And and I appreciated that Dom Ducharme was uh, self-aware enough to say, you know what, Um, when it comes to practice, my mind isn't on the goaltenders. It's on all of my skaters and running those drills. And so if if this is what's needed is to take some – let them have their own practice that specifically addresses their needs – uh, it's good to see the two charms on board with it. I think it's great for the goaltenders in general. Uh, I think it'll be great for Carey to get uh, to to kind of come into that when he's ready to return. Um, I think that'll be that uh, thumbs up all around. Uh, one last quick little uh, bit of hockey news related to the Canadians uh, before we take our first break. Um, you know, we we joked uh, when Seattle did have their home opener finally that it was um, it's a little odd that uh, they they retired a, a jersey number uh, that night, um, number thirty two, to honor their their fans and being the thirty second franchise in the league. And so they retired. You know, they hadn't even played a single game on home ice, and they were retiring a jersey. Uh, in in my humble opinion, a little ridiculous, a little over the top, uh, and takes away what retiring a jersey number the honor that is supposed to come with that uh and glad to see that the qmjhl certainly understands uh how important and what a respectful um thing that is to do Guy Lafleur on thursday was honored by the q when his number four was retired league wide uh and rick that's a that's a pretty impactful statement from the QMJHL for sure and um it's 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 difficult to to um you know overestimate what the impact that uh, Guy Lafleur had on the entire Q it's itself um that the league benefited from having uh, and 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 the attention that that uh, was provided by Guy Lafleur in his short time with the Quebec Ramparts, um, you know, a hundred and seventy points, hundred and three goals in fifty six games, his first season, and he followed that up with a hundred and thirty goals and two hundred nine points in his second season. Uh, so he was in uh, Quebec City this week. Um, on Wednesday, uh, they unveiled a, a new statue. 
um, uh, for him. And uh, we, we know he already had in, in uh, Centennial Place outside the Bell Centre. Uh, there's the statue to, to Guy. This one's a little different. It's a little bit more modern. Um, it shows him um, actually breaking a goal, um, <laughs> which is, is a kind of a, a fun touch. Um, he was he was a bit mo- emotional there. But then the next night on Thursday night uh, in the Videotron Center um, in Quebec City, uh, as you said, uh, there was representatives from from the league, from government. Uh, there was ten of his teammates, former teammates there from the Remparts, um, and uh, they retired his his jersey uh, uh, league wide. Um, and he was very very uh, emotional. He was brought to tears. Uh, he had to stop when he was speaking. Um, and of course, we know that. Um, his lung cancer has returned, and he's 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 fighting that. Um, and uh, but he said that nothing was going to stop him from participating in uh, this uh, this special ceremony um, where he was honored uh, for all that he's done uh, for the QMJHL. Absolutely, uh, really nice, really nice gesture, uh, and completely deserved. Uh, We are going to actually take our first break now here on the Canadians Connection. Still to come, uh, we've got our big topic segment coming up next where we're going to uh, answer the question, where are they hiding? Uh, There are some big pieces to the Canadians on ice product that are completely MIA this season. We're going to we're going to dive into those, take a look at what they are and, and what needs to happen to turn things around. So we've got all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Amy Johnson. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at FlyersRule. Uh, And with me in the studio, of course, is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Uh, You can be sure to follow him at AllHabs on Twitter. Uh, Of course, we'd love for you to follow this podcast. You can follow us at HabsConnection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or just visit our website, 
canadiansconnection.com. Uh, it's a great place to go to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, catch up on past episodes. Uh, it's, it's kind of your one-stop shop there for everything about the Canadians Connection. So in this segment, we tackle our big topic. We're calling it, Where Are They Hiding?, this week. Uh, you know, the Canadians have kicked off this season with a 2-6-0 record. Oy. And, uh, or <laughs> as uh, as our fantasy for- sports commissioner, Brian, would say on our team chat, oof. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lengthy list of issues uh, with this year's edition of the Montreal Canadiens, but I, I mean, you could focus on so many of them, but there's three key points that have really been underperforming this season. Special teams, Cole Caulfield, Jeff Petrie. Um, so, Rick, let's let's start with special teams. Um, their average, it it oddly enough on 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 average per game, they're spending about as much time on the power play as they are on the PK. Roughly about six minutes per game on one side of special teams or the other. Um, but the power play has been dismal. Um, they're three for 29 on the power play. They're 10.3% effectiveness on the power play, which is absolutely like bottom of the barrel. Um, and the PK has not been a whole lot better. They're about 69% on the PK, um, averaging more than one power play goal against per game. Um, what is going on with special teams? Well, (laughs) (laughs) is it as easy as me just saying is, is just asking that? Is there one answer? Uh, the the special teams, both power play and and uh, penalty kill, are a, a, a little bit worse than last season. But they weren't that great last season either. Um, I guess the the issue is that the expectation, particularly on uh, with respect to the power play, uh, that they would be much better, uh, and they would be much better because you had a full season of Cole Caulfield. You had a full. Uh, you had uh, uh, both uh, Christian Dvorak. And Mike Hoffman joining, uh, who who were were thought to be, uh, you know, real assets to the power play. It it just hasn't happened. Um, and and Mike Hoffman, um, you know, on on a three game um, uh, goal streak, uh, one has come on the power play. Um, they had just two uh, power play goals in their first twenty five opportunities, I believe. Uh, last game, they had their first power play goal on the road, which I guess uh, opened the floodgates. Um, but, um, you know, there, there's a number of things. Uh, one, um, it's it would be nice to start the power play uh, with possession of the puck. And uh, for whatever reason, the, the Canadians are having difficulty winning the draws, particularly Christian Dvorak on the power play. Uh, they they're they're just not w- winning uh, puck draw uh, the 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 faceoffs and and uh, so having to chase the puck and then when they chase it if it's fired down the ice it's um it's the zone entries and um you know we've seen that many fans should see them complaining about the uh, when they they bring the the puck up the ice the the drop pass uh, Dom Ducharme said this week that isn't their only option. Uh, there are a couple of, of, of options as they come up the ice, but as we've seen with, with other parts of the Canadians game, uh, those options are far too predictable. Uh, so, uh, you know, 
we saw, we saw Carolina just at every turn um, kind of uh, uh, anticipating what the Canadians were going to do and countering that. Uh, and that's happened with in, in most of their games and particularly in the neutral zone. The Canadians have been abysmal in the neutral zone, uh, something that they used to um, you know, be quite strong at. Um, and, uh, and, and in chasing the game, uh, they're going to take more penalties, Mm -hmm. which puts them on the the penalty kill. So, um, and, and, you know, the, the, the penalty kill started off tough. Uh, they were good against, uh, San Jose and San Jose had, has a pretty uh, good power play, uh, 25%, I think coming into that game. Um, and, and, you know, whether it was, uh, the, the, the Jake Allen playing better in net, um, head coach for San Jose, Bob Bugner said, uh, he, he thought it was, uh, the lack of second and third, uh, opportunities, particularly on the power play that he thought that the Canadians defense was, uh, doing a good job in boxing out their forwards. Uh, so a bit of a combination, but that's what the Canadians have to do to be effective, uh, on the penalty kill. Um, they need that. We saw that, uh, we saw the, the excellent penalty killing, uh, throughout the, the, the playoffs. Of course that most of that came from Carey Price, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the special teams went, when, when the Canadians are struggling five on five, they're struggling to produce, uh, scoring chances and they're, they're, uh, struggling in their own zone five on five. The special teams can be the great, equalizer can help them out of this funk and they haven't been very good to start the season the power play has been painful to watch um it it, they struggle to get set up when they do they they they're cycling the puck they're missing passes they're not they're not penetrating anything in close to the net um it's it's been it's been painful um but one of the 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 guys that's supposed to be, you know, everyone's waiting for, okay, here's a big piece of the puzzle, particularly on the power play. You can set up in his office and just fire shots from the point is Cole Caulfield. Um, as we said in the in the first segment, uh, there are plenty of there were plenty of things to celebrate in that first season win against Detroit at home. Uh, at at the Bell Center last week. Uh, And one of those is the fact that Cole Caulfield registered an assist that night. Uh, It was his first point of the season. But that's the problem. That's his only point on the season. In eight games, Cole Caulfield has been held to one assist and only 18 shots on goal. He's he's, He's averaging like a shot or two on goal per game. That is not the Cole Caulfield that... People who watched him in the NCAA were expecting, uh, nor quite frankly, is it the Cole Caulfield that we saw in the playoffs. Um, so, Rick, this is this is a spot. You know, of course, it's 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 all or nothing with Montreal. Uh, we don't, as some as some people would say, don't take the cliff. Uh, you know, don't panic. People have to remember Cole Caulfield is is technically he's a rookie. It's his first full season in the NHL. He's young, um, and there's adjustments still for him to make. And when you're trying to do that on a team that's already struggling as a whole, um, it's kind of no wonder that Cole Caulfield is struggling. But at the same time, certainly hope that we see something happen soon. 
Um, Ducharme's obviously thinking the same thing because he pulled him aside for a chat uh, within the last week as well. So um, what are your thoughts on, on Cole Caulfield's struggles offensively so far? Well, certainly all of the preseason uh, predictions um, had Cole Caulfield winning the Calder Trophy, the best rookie this year, and doing it, you know, uh, doing it with ease. Um, so much so that, you know, let's just hand him the Calder right now uh, at the beginning of the season because no, no one else will come close. And of course, uh, right now, if you look at it, Cole Caulfield isn't even in the conversation for those who have had uh, good starts. Um, and and for the first five games, he was he was not very good at all. He's been uh, a little bit better the last couple of games, uh, and that was after that chat that you alluded to. Dom Deschamps said, uh, "You're doing too much coasting out there. Um, once you get uh, to the blue line and to the zone, you're not moving your feet. You're not attacking with speed. Um, you're not working hard enough." And uh, so we've seen a better effort since then. Um, the goals st- still haven't come, uh, but he's making a better effort uh, so f- in in the last couple of games. Uh, but but he's going to need to do that. I mean, this is this is not just his uh, you know joining the team for the last few games and and uh, enjoying a, a playoff run. The 82 game regular season is a slog, and and he's going to have to bring that effort every single game. Uh, at five on five on the power play, um, and and a lot is expected of him. Um, he's been given a lot of responsibility, um, and uh, and he's going to have to come through. I'm unfortunately reminded of our conversations on the press zone in his rookie season at Wisconsin. We spoke to Cole Caulfield. Uh, we spoke to Tony Granado. Saw him play a couple of games. Um, and one of the issues, the issue was never his ability to score. The issue was his defensive play and what he did in the offensive zone away from the puck. And we saw him, ha- it, it, I'm, I don't want to say he's falling back into old habits, but more often than not in that rookie season, you would see Cole Caulfield hang out by the blue line um, kind of waiting for his moment. Uh, he would or or would skate in and out, in and around the zone, just kind of always staying moving, but not really engaging in the puck battles. More just staying moving so that he could always stay open. Um, that was something that Tony Granato pointed out and and singled out right away that needed to improve after his rookie season. It was one of the big reasons why we had said when everyone was calling for him to to leave Wisconsin at the end of his freshman year and and come to Montreal then, um, we said, no, 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 no. He definitely needs another year uh, in NCAA hockey. And to his credit, he improved on those things mm-hmm. in his in his second year. Um And then, you know, at the end of his second year, uh, much improved, went pro, had a great couple of games start in the AHL, uh, and then got called up to to Montreal. Uh, Took him a little while to get on the score sheet, but but he did. And then and then he did a, a, a good job in the playoffs. But now, okay, now it's we're starting a regular season and I I'm. 
I'm just a little concerned, like some of those things that you were talking about of of the issues that that you're seeing or that Dom Ducharme said that he talked to him about are are a little bit of like ghosts of of things that haunted his game in his freshman year at Wisconsin. And so hopefully uh, they steer him off of that quickly because you don't want that habit to become ingrained again. And, and just, I guess, the parallel is that uh, Cole Caulfield was fully expecting, we talked to him, um, and uh, was fully expecting uh, to be heading to Montreal after his his rookie season uh, in the NCAA. Um, and, and, you know, uh, may, maybe didn't think he had to work all that hard. Um, is, was, is he expecting to win the Calder, um, easily this year? Now, listen, he, he's a smart guy. He can see the statistics. He can see, uh, who the best rookies have been so far. And, uh, with that chat with Dom Ducharme, um, I expect he'll get on track pretty soon. Absolutely. Uh, and we hope so. We hope so. Cause we know what he can do when, he, when he's got, when he puts a complete game together. Uh, the other piece of the puzzle Paging, like, put Jeff Petrie's face on a milk carton because this child is missing. He's not a child, but he is missing in his eight games. Zero points. Zero. Um, And I realize he's a defenseman, so he's not, you know, okay, so maybe he's not supposed to be scoring every night. I get that. Uh, zero points for Jeff Petrie, though. Um, That's concerning particularly when it's not like he's making up for that uh, by by quarterbacking this tremendous defensive core <laughs> uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. There are struggles all over the place on the back end. Uh, and Jeff Petrie not, not leading the way is not the way to get things going. He's the only... Montreal Canadiens defenseman with with zero points in eight games. Um, that was not expected. Um, Jeff Petrie is is uh, supposed to be um, the Canadiens' m- most offensive defenseman. He's the one who was going to uh, take over and quarterback the power play uh, this year, and it is one of the main reasons why the power play isn't being uh, successful. Uh, in addition to the others that that we mentioned, um, you know, and it's not like he's getting first uh, defense uh, primary minutes. He, he played twenty six, almost twenty six minutes on Thursday. He's averaging uh, twenty four minutes a game, um, and 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 no points uh, so far. Uh, it, it's it's interesting because. Um, it, it's not only the points. Um, we're seeing poor decisions by Jeff Petrie. We're seeing defensive mistakes. We're seeing a lot of turnovers from Jeff Petrie, uh, which is uncharacteristic. Um, and, you know, folks are talking about, well, listen, he doesn't have his regular partner in Edmondson. Um, and and that's true. But Ben Sherratt plays a whole lot like Edmondson. Um, in fact, people said there. That's one of the reasons that he Edmondson shouldn't have been inquired because he's too much like Sherratt. So, uh, and and Sherratt has you know helped uh, Petrie, but I think uh, it's not Jeff Petrie missing Edmondson so much. Uh, Jeff Petrie really misses Shea Weber because mm-hmm. it was Shea Weber who played 
uh, and I know it was it was fashionable last year or the last couple of years to say, uh, well, Shea Weber isn't the number one defenseman on the Montreal Canadiens anymore. Uh, and to, you know, to tout Jeff Petrie. But Jeff Petrie was allowed to be Jeff Petrie, uh, who things that he does best um, by being in that that uh, second defense slot behind Shea Weber. So mm-hmm. Shea Weber was taking the tough minutes. And that's been a difficult, It's it was always a difficult adjustment when Shea Weber was out of the lineup. And it's been even um, more of a difficult adjustment this year when the expectation is, uh, that he is the number one defenseman in Montreal. Um, so the Canadians are are going nowhere without Jeff Petrie. He needs to he needs to be better. Uh, the points will come, but but more importantly, the the decision making has to come, and uh, those turnovers and defensive mistakes got to get cleaned up. Absolutely. So there you have it. I mean, there are plenty of things to discuss about what has gotten the Canadians off the rails to start this season, but most certainly special teams uh, and and the fact that Cole Caulfield and Jeff Petrie uh, both are not living up to expectations so far this season are, are three big pieces. Um, of course, if you have thoughts and comments on what you feel is the issue with the Canadians' uh, record and and what's going on with the team this season we'd love to hear from you uh you can always text us uh anytime at the rocket sports text line 5853 rocket or uh you can also hit us up on twitter at habs connection let us know what are your frustrations what do you think are the are, are the other key things uh for in your mind that are are causing the canadians to really struggle to get wins this season Uh, We're going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection. Uh, So stay with us. Up next, we're going to give you uh, just a look at some of the things you may have missed this past week from our Rocket Sports contributors, uh, as well as uh, it's it's time to get those mustaches growing for November. We're going to talk to you about our new fundraising initiative. All of that and more when we come back. Stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. 
In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to episode 161 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, as I mentioned right there before the break, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection. That's actually at Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. And visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Uh, we don't ever want you to miss an episode. We know you know it comes out every Saturday, but sometimes Saturdays get busy. And then during the rest of the week, we don't want you to forget that there was a Canadians Connection that came out that you missed while you were out having fun. So if you're subscribed and you uh, in, uh, turn on the notifications, then you'll always know when there's a new episode for you to listen to. Um, and of course, you can also text us anytime at the Rocket Sports text line 5853-ROCKET. That's 5853-ROCKET. We always love to hear from our listeners. Um, whether you've got a comment, if you want to add to the discussion a little bit, if you have a question, um, we love to hear from from our fans and listeners. So give us a shout. Uh, in this segment, we just want to make sure that there isn't any other content from our contributors at Rocket Sports that you might have missed this week. First off, uh, if you haven't bookmarked all bookmarked allhabs.net uh, yet in your preferred internet browser, go do that right now. Uh, and, and make sure it's one of the tabs that automatically opens for you every morning when you open up your phone or open up your or turn on your computer. Uh, because every weekday, I mean, every seven days a week, not only are you going to get comprehensive game previews and, and game recaps and all those types of, of great things. Uh, there's also feature articles that are coming out. Um, but every weekday morning, first thing in the morning, Check it out with your cup of coffee in the morning or your breakfast or uh, your commute on the way to work. Um, there is a news post that comes out on allhabs.net every Monday. It's from Chris G, uh, where he has his Habs notepad that comes out early every Monday morning. And then each other weekday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, Rick has your back with the Habs headlines post, gives you uh, just a, a short rundown of all of the latest news surrounding the Montreal Canadiens right there for you, ready for your breakfast and your wake up every morning. Uh, and then you can get on with your day and know that you're all caught up on your Montreal Canadiens news. It'll either be um, a Habs headlines uh, or oh, it will yeah. be a game recap That's right. uh, from the night before uh, that, uh, especially this week, uh, <laughs> you went yeah, to bed right <laughs> after the game or maybe you fell asleep during the game. So that will be uh, waiting there for you. That's, uh, remind you of anything you missed. That's right. Uh, our colleague Ben Dankyu, of course, who uh, hosts uh, the video column called Habs Fan Forum on our All Habs YouTube channel. You're subscribed to that, right? 
you're subscribed, you've hit the notification bell, you've put it on all notifications. Uh, that's at youtube.com slash allhabs. Uh, the Habs Fan Forum is where Ben uh, comes to you every Thursday as a fan, talks to you from a fan's perspective to all you fans, where you can share the joys and the tears and the frustrations and the anger and the laughter about whatever it is that the Canadians were up to uh, during the follow during the previous week. Uh, he gives you reaction, his reactions to every game, and you can kind of live through all of those emotions again uh, with Ben from with Ben from his perspective. This week, uh, the title of of uh, his column is called "Once Is Not Enough" because at that point. On Thursday, there had only been one win in the books, and so uh, he gives you a little perspective on his reactions and how, as a fan, he's going to kind of take on the rest of the season and not get too slogged down in in loss after loss after loss. So check that out. And of course, uh, we mentioned this already, but head over to ahlreport.com and make sure you're subscribed to our other podcast hosted by Rick and myself called The Press Zone. Uh, and that's where we bring you uh, in-depth coverage of the Canadians AHL team, the Laval Rocket and Habs prospects every single Tuesday. Uh, Rick, we did say that it's Halloween weekend. Mm-hmm. Are you Happy dre- Halloween. Are you dressing up? No. No? No. Not, not this. Well, no. Are you, you're, you're going as a podcast host. Sure. This week. Sure. <laughs> this weekend. That's right. That's, I think that's, as a podcast host. That podcast way. host who mm-hmm. hasn't had a haircut in 21 months. So yes, that's exactly what I'm going. That's a great, a really, um, that's a really unique. Very specific. Very specific, oddly specific costume. Sammy Niku also <laughs> wore, wears that costume. I bet he does. Um, but then on the other side of that, once we get through the trick-or-treating, uh, November 1st is ushered in. Um, there's a couple important things happening in November. Uh, I will be the first to say, because it'll be too late by next Saturday, but an early happy birthday to you, because your birthday wow. comes before the next episode with Canadians Connection. Thank so you. Happy early birthday to you, um, and uh, hope you have a great one. But it's also... And happy birthday to Sam Montembeau uh, today. Today, His yeah. 25th, yeah. And may get... We don't know just yet, but he is likely to get the start against Los Angeles on his birthday. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but it also means November brings uh, the kickoff of Movember. Mm-hmm. Grow those mows, gentlemen. Um, the All Habs team, every year we participate in Movember. It's a fantastic cause. It's a great fundraising opportunity uh, the whole month of November uh, to raise money for, for men's health, uh, prostate cancer, um, men's cancer research, men's mental health awareness and, and help. Um, so, Rick, can you tell us just a little bit about how the Rocket Sports team gets involved and how our listeners can help us beat last year's fundraising numbers. Well, we've come together as, as a team um, each year, and we've been doing this for, for many years, um, and including our hockey community, which is, is quite large. Um, and, and basically, uh, it's to show some love for, uh, to the, the men who are important in our lives and, and make a donation that will uh, help physical health, will help mental health, uh, which is, is also... Uh, so important and and we each uh there are a number of different ways of participating it's it's kind of fun it's kind of uh brings us together as a team um some 
some uh, grow <laughs> facial hair, grow mustaches. It is Movember. That's some. how it was started. Yeah. Uh, there is uh, there there are other ways though. Um, you can um, um, join and 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 stop a bad habit over the the course of of Movember. You can stop doing something that mm-hmm. you you want to change in your life. You can check off something on your bucket list. Uh, you can get involved in a in a move challenge uh, by That's doing, what I'm doing doing something every day uh, to 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 be to be active. Um, and those who are listening can can participate in a couple of ways. You can join our team, yeah, and and uh, raise money along with us uh, if you'd like to do that, or you can make a donation, uh, which to uh, the Movember Foundation, who then f- fund and support. Um, uh, projects in in men's health, um, and and how you get involved in any way is to go to. We have a uh, Movember page. It's Movember.com/slash/allhabs. Uh, navigate your way to that. Uh, you'll see our our uh, All Habs logo with a little mustache on it. You'll see the RSM logo as well uh, with the torch, the Rocket Sports Media crew. Um, and I think so far we have four t- T-team team members, team members uh, on the Movember team. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, with, and, and maybe more to come, uh, with, uh, the launch being November 1st, uh, on Monday. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm going to, for me, um, as much as I'm sure everyone really would love to see me try to grow a mustache. No, you wouldn't. Uh, so instead I'm doing the move challenge, which means, uh, I'm making a, a committed effort to get out and walk more, uh, during the month of November. So I will be logging, uh, how many steps I'm taking uh, throughout each week, day to day, into my Movember page, and uh, and so that's how that's my challenge for the month. Um, and of course, I'll be making a donation to the Rocket Sports Movember team page as well. All of the proceeds go to the Movember Foundation. Uh, this is purely a charitable fundraiser, uh, and we would love to have you involved with us uh, and we would absolutely appreciate your support in uh, helping to make a difference in men's health. Um, it's just so important. Yeah, it's very, very important. In addition to, to yourself, there's Michael, Michael Spinella. He's uh, one of our new uh, contributors. He's joining the challenge. Uh, Mike Rashel, the two Mikes involved. Uh, Mike says that he has a mustache year round. So what's he going to do? Mm. Well, he's going to participate participate in the mood challenge uh because he he already has a mustache so there's lots of ways to participate uh and uh, we'd love to have uh, your help with this or is it just because he's a dairy farmer and wanted to participate in the move challenge Uh uh-huh we'll let him we'll bring him on the show and then (laughs) let him respond to that i told you it was early and i did not promise the jokes were going to get better as we went on this morning that's true Um, all right. Well, we have some games to get ready for. Uh, of course, be sure you're following at All Habs on Twitter for all of your game previews, in-game tweets, and game recaps. Uh, the Habs will drop the puck against the LA Kings at 1 o'clock Pacific time. That's 4 o'clock Eastern today. Uh, and then they'll do the same thing tomorrow, uh, same bat time 
different bat channel. This time they'll be in Anaheim, 4 p.m. Eastern puck drop. Then they've got a rematch against Detroit, who's coming back to the Bell Center on uh, Tuesday night. And then Thursday, uh, they've got uh, the New York Islanders are coming to town. We'll see what Lou Lamorello's crew uh, does on their first visit to Montreal since before the pandemic. Uh, so They won't have mustaches. They will not. Uh, they will not. <laughs> that is the one thing that we do know. <laughs> uh, it's that's uh, hmm, uh, uh, it's not an easy four game uh, calendar this week, but we know that uh, Rick, you and and the All Habs crew will have everyone well informed throughout the whole thing. Uh, and next Saturday, then that brings us to next Saturday, November, November 6th, another great episode of the Canadians Connection. Chris G joining you uh, in the co-host chair uh, for next Saturday. Uh, he is uh, today he is at Place Bell because the Laval Rocket have a one o'clock puck drop uh, against the Rochester Americans. So uh, Chris will be back with you uh, co-hosting next Saturday. And I'll- thank you very much for sitting in this week. Great thank to have you, you here as always. I'll be back in two weeks. Uh, you can't get rid of me for too long. I'll try to come with better jokes. <laughs> Perfect. And make sure you are subscribed to the Canadians Connection on your favorite podcast app and platform. Share it on social media so that we can expand this tremendous uh, Montreal Canadiens podcast community here at Rocket Sports Radio. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, we uh, appreciate you being here. We look forward to Being with you again next Saturday, right here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens. (laughs) 